Welcome to Theatrically Speaking, the very first playwriting podcast. My name is Jonah Knight. Season one is republishing the long-lost first episodes of the show from back in 2007. And season two begins the new episodes. Now, a few things have changed since 2007, like the website. For more information about Theatrically Speaking or my other podcasts, please visit actualstorypodcasting.com. Next, back in 2007, you could number your episodes however you like, and I did this very creative numbering system that included episodes 4.1, 4.15, 4.2, and no actual episode 4. The numbering that the episodes have in your feed is the order that you should listen to them. So, welcome in to the Theatrically Speaking Wayback Machine. It's time to talk some plays. I hate movies, I don't watch TV, I can't read books, and I don't take kids to the zoo. Video games are gonna rot your brain, and all these internets are for idiots. But I love you, baby dear, but you ain't no Shakespeare. Try to make me to be high class, and I would take the a playwriting podcast. I am Jonah Knight. I am your host for this show. I've listened to my episode 0.9 and realized that a couple of things, I'm going to do a couple of things differently than I did with the last one. One of the things is that I sat down last time and I noticed that my energy got a little bit low and um, this time I'm uh, deciding to stand. I even have a cup of coffee, so I may take a cup of coffee uh, to try to get a little bit of energy because last time I kind of dipped down. And if I uh, if I find myself falling into that, I'm going to try to correct it as I go on. So that is something that I'm doing a little differently. I've also got a new song, new theme song, which will stay the theme song for as long as it is the theme song. Uh, that'll be kind of fun. I also noticed that I do, uh, um, yeah, um, quite a bit. And I believe that that is just because I have this these outlines in front of me and things that I want to hit, but I don't necessarily have a good connection in my head. I've noticed these ums. I'm going to try to self-correct, though we shall see what happens. So this is episode 1.1. Episode 1, because this is the first miniseries, and the miniseries are themed. Uh, they've got one arc, one, uh, one subject that I'm talking about. And the arc for this first miniseries is theatricality. This is episode 1.1. Point one being that we are going to actually try to define what theatricality is. I think that should be interesting. I think before we can really talk about it, I have to um, um, go into that a little bit. So first, I'm going to start with a definition of theatricality. And to help me with this, I have a dictionary. Hang on one second. All right. Okay. Um, the dictionary, uh, which is the Oxford Encyclopedic English Dictionary, defines theatrical as of or for the theater of acting or actors to calculated for effect, showy, artificial, affected. Uh, that is adjective and noun. There's a little more to it, but I think that is that is good. Let me close this and put this back. All right. 
<clears throat> so theatrical means of and for the theater. Of and for the theater. Okay, so so that's good. What does that mean? I know that uh, as a as a playwriting student early on, I tried to pin down a number of my teachers to give me a better uh, example of theatricality, and it didn't work. So what I'm going to try to do now is start by looking at other genres of writing. So since this is being geared towards writers, playwrights, I am going to step back for a second and look at some other areas where you could be writing, some other genres that you could write your stories for. Now, each of these has their own version of theatricality or theatrical or theatric uh, or whatever, although I've thought about it and I haven't really thought come up with the the words or the exact terms for these other genres that theater has with the word theatrical. Um, the first one that I'm going to hit on here is film. And film, you can sort of get like cinematic, but cinematic is really more specifically, that word is used by cinematographers and is very specific to the visuals of film and don't quite cover theatrical if theatrical means of and for the theater so i i was going to try to make up some words for these different genres that would sort of be the equivalent of theatrical but um then i thought that would be kind of dumb and i started making up the words and it was hard to pronounce them uh you know cinemagraphical or literagical or something and they didn't quite work so i'm not doing that um, we're just going to say of and for film, these writing elements, techniques, um, tricks that you can use. The other thing that I'm going to do is sort of divide out or make some subcategories and not, not, I don't want this to get too complicated, but the idea is that if you look at theatricality, there's for the sake of this conversation, um, what theatrical is. And then there is spectacle, which I'm going to sort of pull out of theatrical. Uh, and spectacle, you can find uh, you can find spectacle or the equivalent of spectacle in a number of these categories. So um, I'm going to pull spectacle out, and I'm going to get to that in a little bit. Um. So so. You're writing. You have a story. You have a story you want to tell, and it's going to be a great story. It's going to be awesome. And you think that because maybe you've done some acting or because you like hanging out with uh, theater people or because you're a theater professional that you want to write your story for the theater. But should you? Should you? Uh, and the other... So as we get into this, we're going to take a look at that. And we're, um, I'm also going to throw out this other disclaimer that I'm going to, for now exclude business as an element of your decision for what to for where to write your story i'm not going to talk about um in this podcast the elements of the business of writing for theater that's later this is just i'm going to hit on one or two points in each area so film film what what is the strength of film why should you write your story for film instead of theater or a book or something like that what is the strength? The strength really is, and if you if you hang around film people, they will usually say, and you'll hear this phrase a lot, that a movie is, uh, a screenplay is a story told in pictures. 
And if you think of your story as a series of pictures, then you may be leaning towards film rather than theater for this particular story. So if you see a series of tableaus, you know, there are people sitting at chairs and they're not saying much. They're just kind of being there. Maybe like, uh, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I don't know, you know, you think of cinematography, you think of these vast landscapes and people trudging across the desert or climbing a mountain or something like that. Man Against Nature stories tend to do really well in film not so well in theater we'll get back to theater but um if you if as you're laying out your story in your head you're seeing a series of images film really lends itself to story through images and story through pictures um so i would say that i think that film can also have spectacle in it that is a little different uh, a film that is spectacle might be if you remember smell-o-vision or those uh in like the 50s and 60s 50s i think when they were when they were put trying to figure out how to get people to come back to the theater after tv came out and they were doing uh you know um in this in this movie they would like pump some smells into the theater and that that's kind of like a spectacle that's not really what people think of when they think of a strength the strength of the medium of film um uh, a modern, uh, a, current, a contemporary-ish film that I think did spectacle really well is uh, Mike Figgis's movie Time Code. And what he did with that was he took four video cameras, uh, digital video cameras, and the movie's about 90 minutes long because that's about how long the tapes were. And each camera followed one character or a set of characters in this overall story. And the screen was divided up into into four quadrants and you would watch all four at the same time and then as uh, the people would move around the cameras would go from following one character to another character and although really interesting and something that you could go back and watch a couple of times it's a great experiment and very intriguing though perhaps not what people think of when they think of the power of film so images pictures Television. What is what is the the strength of writing for television? If your story contains these elements, should you think about writing for television? Um, television does intimacy really well because in in a the theater you sit back there and you see everything. You know, you see the whole set, you see the stage, you see the trim around the stage, you see everybody around you. In television, you see the color in the people's eyes, and when somebody winks. It's very significant. And it's similar to film, except in film, you're still in a... If you go to the cinema to watch your movie, you're sitting way back in the audience. And you're still... Although you, you have the illusion of intimacy, it's not as much as when you're in your room, in your living room, in your bedroom, watching this close-up box. This box that's not too far away from you. And you can see these emotions. And you can feel this intimacy. It's talking heads. It's, the, it's news. You know, it's... um. It's feeling like you are there. And that is something that, because of the physical construction of a theater and because, uh, or a cinema complex, you don't get that same level of intimacy. And so when you think about MASH, um, the other strength of television are the, is the sense of continuing adventures, uh, it, the story being episodic. With a, with a play, unless it's a sequel or an adaptation, you're starting at the beginning with the character. Uh, this is the first time the character, you, anybody in the audience has seen who this person is. They don't know who this person is. And the playwright has to build all of that 
from the beginning. In a television series, you've already built that. So you can come in uh, in, a, in an episode of MASH, you know, five years later, and you still know Hawkeye, and you still know, you know, uh, Radar or, or Hot Lips or whoever's there. And it's the, it's the same thing. You don't have to spend time giving us character exposition. It's just right into the story, which is lucky because uh, sitcoms tend to be pretty short. So that's, that's a good thing. If you, so if you think about sort of continuing adventures, theater's really not that medium. Um, books, literature, what is, what is so great about writing a novel or, or a, a novella or a series of short stories or something like that? The greatest thing about that is you have no budget. This is all you. You can go anywhere in time and space and you can do it without having to get anybody's permission. Um, if it's, uh, if it's theater, uh, you're going to need at least some lights or some colors or some costumes. Or you're going to need something. You're going to need to get permission from somebody. If it's film or television, that, you know, uh, giant adventures through time and space, even if it's following uh, one character from birth to death, it's so easy to do in a novel. And it's, it's, it requires the suspension of disbelief in all other mediums um, because you have to believe that this little kid is now this adult. If, if nothing else, you have to get casting exactly right, or they're not going to, you know, there might be believability issues there, or you've got some crappy makeup trying to make the 20 year old actor look like they're 70 or something. So time and space, no budget. You can go anywhere. You can do anything. Cast size is not an issue. It's like the, uh, it's, it's never an issue in novels, as long as you can craft the story in such a way to keep the characters straight for the reader. Um, but um and and on the upside of that pretty much when you're done writing the thing once it's edited and shined up it's ready to go you don't have to then make it into the actual story like taking the screenplay and making it into the actual film or the script for the theater and making it into the actual performance once you're done writing the thing it's done and of course you know maybe you'll get some editors or some writers or uh yeah editors that want to redo some things or they'll want you to redo some scenes or something like that but i mean that's at least manageable and if you don't like that just you know you can self-publish it put it up on the web and you're done you don't need a team to do it marketing's another matter but the actual crafting of the thing you don't need those people this is you this is your story you are the only one if you don't want to give up any control over this storytelling you don't have to that's what's great about it being a book all right next one games uh video games the internet what about getting your stories or writing stories for video games or for the internet well the the trick with talking about this now is that really these mediums are too young for us to really know a lot of definitive details. Theater's been around for hundreds of years. Film's been around for a hundred and some years. And at least television's been around for decades. And, uh, you know, writing has been around for thousands of years, more than hundreds. So, I mean, we kind of know uh, the strengths and weaknesses of those. Um, one of the, and, and since, you know, there are people that live in areas of the country that essentially have no... Uh, reliable internet access. There certainly 
huge areas in the world that have no internet they don't know what electricity is so uh, so it's it's too young to really know definitively but what we can say i think i think what we can safely say about the strengths of writing for like uh, video games or the internet is that the audience has an expectation of having an impact in the outcome of the story whether it's people commenting on blogs or taking a character in a video game and going in another direction it is it's like choose your own adventure books you know it that's what that is theater has something kind of similar when we talk about like um you know those mystery party theater things uh mystery theaters you know spend a weekend on a train and try to figure out who killed the guy, you know, that's, but that's not really theater. I'm going to take those events out of theater and put them in the category of games because you can have a very successful, very fulfilling um, storytelling event, uh, murder mystery experience without any professional actors. And when I say professional, I mean at least behaving professionally, not that they need to get paid a whole lot. Um, so, so there are these like splinter genres or subcategories, but they're not, but that's not theater. And, uh, so as far as, uh, storytelling for games and the internet go, those are our pros and cons. Well, the, the pros anyway. So if you have, if you have, so I had an idea a while ago when I was uh, directing a uh, Sherlock Holmes play. Wouldn't it be cool if there was a video game that could take all the Sherlock Holmes stories? And in this game, you are Sherlock Holmes, and it's an open world. So you're traveling around, you know, gaslight London. And when you get to this area of the city, you might encounter these characters from the novel, and maybe you could do all that sort of thing. So it's it's living the experience of Sherlock Holmes, and it is it is you having an impact on the stories and the outcomes of these mysteries. So if that is the kind of thing that you like writing, then perhaps theater is not um, the the best outlet for that kind of story. And possibly, maybe not. Last uh, category before I get to theater proper is professional wrestling. What are the strengths of writing for professional wrestling? Um, the storylines and the themes are straightforward and simple. They are timeless. It is good versus evil. It is strong versus weak. It is uh, very straightforward wants and motivations. I want the. I want to be loved. I want to overcome. I want friendship. I want to prove that I am the best. I want to... You know, I'm doing this for competition. I'm doing this to show you up. It's revenge. It's power trips. That is professional wrestling. Professional wrestling does the epic battle in miniature really well. The other thing that pro wrestling is, is as a storytelling form, it is the closest to the origins of theater that we have in contemporary society today. Because when you walk on stage, when your actor wrestler walks on stage, from the way they move, from the way they behave, you can't hear what they're saying, you know, for the most part. Just from the way they dress, from the colors, from their movement, you know what they want. 
they can get across an emotion in a snap. And if you're up in the cheap seats, like people were in ancient Greece, you'd get some of the dialogue, but you know, because the guy came out in this mask or in this color, that that's the king or that's the, the general, or that's the peasant. And you know that from up top because of the way that it looks in that sort of arena. So if you're looking at like giant classic themes, then perhaps you should consider professional wrestling as a writing career. Thought I'd throw that out there. All right. So theater. So, so what is, what are not the strengths of theater? Well, we know that film does pictures better. We know that television does the intimacy thing really well. We know that television does episodic storytelling really well. We know that video games and the internet do interactive storytelling very well. And professional wrestling does classic themes very well. So what about theater? Theater is all about language. In in these other genres, you can tell your story through pictures and tableaus and uh, through, you know, time and space and all this sort of thing. And theater, when you boil it down, is a person, a human, on stage, communicating and speaking and behaving. And that is the strength of theater. It is all about word choice. It is all about telling these stories not through pictures and not through um, description, but through desires, wants. Um, it is the, the exploration of humanity. It is all about character. If you are not good at dialogue, you should write for you should write books because there are really wonderful authors of classic classic literature that is powerful and moving and everything that a book should be but they can't write dialogue to save their lives hp lovecraft comes to mind lovecraft did some amazing groundbreaking things with psychological horror and his dialogue is probably some of the worst that humanity has ever come up with. And you kind of acknowledge that if you're a Lovecraft fan and gloss it over. If you can't speak, if you cannot use language and, and create motivations through behavior in a very, in a very tight space then you are perhaps not well-suited for writing theater. The exception and the spectacle in theater being musicals. Um, there, are, there are some wide-ranging views on, the, uh, on, um, on musicals. I certainly know people who think that they are the downfall of theater. I do not quite go that far, but I will also... Um, I'm not the big uh, musical theater guy. I I am I love the play 1776. It makes me cry. Um, but I've seen some musicals that I could do without. Yeah. So so theatricality is the strength of theater, and it is it is people, and it is behavior, and it is language. And it is the strength of, of wanting and pursuing your desires. And if you've had some playwriting classes or read some playwriting books, then that probably sounds familiar. 
Now, there is, there is a difference between saying that novels are really good at, you know, time and space and having no budget. And sometimes people will hear that and say, okay, then my play should occur in a kitchen. And we're not going to leave this kitchen. We're going to build some really nice walls and a sink that actually runs water. And in real time, we're going to fry some eggs so the audience can smell the bacon. And that's going to be great. And that's going to be theater. And that's not theater. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about realism. Realism is come and gone, Jimmy Dean. Realism, <laughs> well, well, we'll get into realism later. But for our next episode, what we're going to really talk about is how to use theatricality. We're going to talk about how theatricality exists all around us. And if we're not using it and totally conscious of it and in very specific ways and specific examples, I will point out how to use theatricality in some plays that you may have heard of, maybe not have heard of. I'll probably use some of mine as an example. Um, but I'm going to leave you with this thought. If you have used theatricality well in your play, if you have used that which is film correctly in your screenplay, that which is television, that which is a novel, that which is a video game, etc. If you have really used those elements to their fullest extent, adaptation of your work is impossible. If your play is truly theatrical, it will never be able to be made into a movie. It will never be able to be a short story. It will never be able to be anything but a play. If you know what theatricality is, your work will never be adaptable. A good example of what I'm talking about here is everything that Alan Akeborn has ever written. So, if you don't know who Alan Akeborn is, your homework is to find some of his plays and read them or go see them if they are around you. Um, if that's too difficult for you, uh, on my website, jonahofthesea.com, um, you can request from me a copy of my play, Take Stock. Take Stock, in my mind, really takes advantage of theatricality. Um, Prelude to a Kiss, which I did not write, also takes great advantage of that. Angels in America, Top Dog, Underdog. Um, just wonderful, gorgeous works of theatricality. Um, I really recommend that you check those plays out. But for now, I'm done. This is episode 1.1 of Theatrically Speaking. If you have questions, concerns, comments, queries, email me jonah at jonahofthesea.com if i get email if i get questions i will respond to them i'm trying to keep this quick i was trying to keep it about 20 minutes or so and now it's about 25 and when i add in the theme music it'll be a little bit over so i hope that you enjoyed yourself i hope that i kept my energy level up and i will talk at you later bye Make me to be high class And I'm with David Mann